0: Welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Corey Woods. And today we are here with, with the infamous Jamie Andlin. I consider her infamous, at least. How are you today, oh Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Corey. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy I'm here today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, I'm the topic of our conversation today is going to be an interesting one. I I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. I am here for it all. And I can't not wait for Jamie to be able to share the wisdom that she has with you today. And our topic is about orgasms and how you as women, we're going to specifically speak to women, right, Jamie? Yes.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: Yes, we are going to specifically speak to women and how you are in charge of your orgasm. Now, Mm -hmm. for those listeners who might be listening in the car with kids, or um, this is going to be a little bit more of a graphic conversation, we will be sharing personal experiences. We will be talking about perhaps the nature of sex, orgasms, what they mean for us physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. We are going to cover so many details around this topic. And it's It's, it is my hope that today that you can walk away with a better understanding of who you are as a woman and your own personal sexuality, whatever phase of life that you're in, this is going to be able to apply to you. Whoa,
1: Corey, I felt that in my body. (laughs) (laughs) That was powerful.
0: Um, Thank you. Um, I love talking about this, this subject, particularly because I have been in a phase of life where I have been discovering my own sexuality as a woman who is in her forties, who have been divorced. And a lot of my sexuality, first of all, was discovered within a marriage setting. And so now that I'm not in a marriage setting, right, this is just, I've had to start asking myself questions and getting to know myself in such a different way, uh, perhaps than I did within a partnered relationship.
1: Oh, 100%. It's been so fun to
0: watch part of your journey. Yes, you've <laughs> been you. a very close and a very intimate friend, and I consider Jamie one of my best friends. And so I want you to get to know her before we even start. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and what you do and how you've arrived to what you do and how and what you help women with. Oh, well, I would
1: say, gosh, how many years ago was it that we met, Corey? Like five,
0: mm-hmm. six
1: Uh, We met at a life coach training, and I became a, like, your basic white girl life coach, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Oh, perfect. (laughs) Like, I could just help you with whatever you're going through in your life, and that's, like, what I focused on, Um, and then as I was evolving in my business I noticed like every single one of my clients wanted help somehow in their sex and intimate life um and because I had been through my own journey with sex I felt like I could help them I had I guess for lack of better words I was like a couple steps ahead in that journey because I had actually confronted and dealt with the sexual parts of me and because where I had been before in my marriage was I had a very low sexual desire. I didn't feel like my body was my own. Um, I delegated a lot of my sexual responsibility over to my husband, just kind of Mm -hmm. waiting for him to know my body, waiting for him to make it do something spectacular, Um, putting a lot of expectation on him. He, I wanted him to turn me on. I wanted, everything to be kind of on him and it, it wasn't happening and so I just struggled a lot with low sexuality or I guess low sexual desire but I kind of use sexuality desire and all that interchangeably because right, right. it's kind of similar but um, so as I was getting to a place in my marriage where I was really really frustrated with this conversation my husband kept initiating which was hey we're not having enough sex we need to have more sex something along those lines Uh uh-huh I realized okay like in order to stop this conversation I'm gonna have to actually like have more sex and then he'll stop yes (laughs) like initiating it and so I kind of forced myself to have more sex and I noticed that it wasn't stopping the conversation Um, he was still initiating it like the sex we were having wasn't enough and I and that was like a light bulb moment, moment for me because I realized I don't think it's the quantity
0: mm. of sex
1: that he's act- actually seeking after he's using those words but I don't think it means what he think it means you right know? <laughs> absolutely yeah and so then I was I thought to myself, it must be more of like a quantity thing, but I didn't really know, no, a quality. Right. 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 I didn't really know what that meant though. And so then I went on this whole journey of what makes the sex satisfying Mm -hmm. for, and I started out with for the man, because I was still in this place where I wanted to answer to his need like i i felt a responsibility or an obligation to meet his needs and so i went on this journey like what makes it satisfying for him what will make him stop initiating like i need more sex what will make him feel very satisfied in their sex life and that's what opened the gates for me to realize that we need to have more sex that conversation will never end until i am actually very satisfied in my sex life.
0: So you went from, okay, I liked, I'm going to think about this part of your journey like prostituting your body, right? Yeah. Where Oh, you, 100%. Where you wanted your husband to fill your desires or you wanted mm-hmm. your husband to fulfill you. You wanted yeah. to control his desires by the quantity or the amount of sex you were having. You want to make sure at, that his needs were satisfied. And that you felt obligated to satisfy his needs. And that, would you, I mean, would you contribute that to some of like conditioning we experience as women? Like what, I'm sure all women have experienced this at some point in their sexuality journey.
1: Um, yes, a hundred percent. It was conditioning and we promised we wouldn't talk about church, but I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> there was so there was, some.
0: well, I mean, we, we can mention that there's a lot of listeners from different religious backgrounds and faith where they they're uh-huh. taught about perhaps chastity or sexuality or sex before marriage or what sex is supposed to even look like in the marriage. And that's not necessarily like a religious Um, That's not necessarily the job of the religion, but there is conditioning around it within religion.
1: Yeah, totally. I think that there's some well-intentioned ideas around um, the teachings I learned culturally in a religion, Mm -hmm. Um, but the fruit of those teachings of the messages that I absorbed were showing up in very negative ways in my sexual relationship. So that's when I had to start confronting those ideas because I also knew that I had been taught in church that um, to look for good fruit. You know, if something is good, then, right. you know, it produces good fruit. And so it, these these messages that I had been absorbing and, and trying to live with were not producing good fruit. Mm. And I was taught that if it was bad fruit, that it was bad messaging. Right. And so I had to really take a look at that and and kind of deal with that inside myself um, to say, well, is this producing good or bad fruit? And since my marriage was experiencing very bad fruit in the sexual department, meaning it was frustrating, it was unsatisfying, it was not bringing us closer together. That, that was literally the only thing we were fighting about and arguing about it. I was like, something's wrong here.
0: Yeah. So so a lot to- of. Yeah. Well, I I love that like you used what was happening in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and you used it as a way to reflect like, okay, what is happening outside of the bedroom? Because the bedroom, like Mm -hmm. your, your intimate relationships are a reflection of like other patterns and ways of living in your life. Would you agree with that?
1: A hundred percent. Like in the simplest way, like if you have a hard time asking for what you want in the bedroom, then for sure, you're probably having a hard time asking for what you want at a restaurant. You know, it's like, like, I, I need you to get my order, right. You know, like, yeah, bring me, I asked for more guacamole, please bring me more guacamole. It's like, it's going to be hard to ask. And so those things are very, very connected, very correlated. And so you can learn a lot about yourself from how you are showing up in the, in the bedroom.
0: Oh my gosh. It's incredible. And I think the reason why we can be able to do that, because it is such a, I want to, Like not a heated topic, but there's there's a lot of trauma around sex and intimacy. And Mm -hmm. even when I was kind of working through my own trauma, I remember having a belief that like my body was for men. Mm -hmm. Right. And in certain and in certain circles within our culture, I was taught that I needed to cover my body to protect the thoughts of men, right? Which Mm -hmm. which naturally like what did I develop over time? Like this need to make sure everyone else was okay. Right. Yes. But myself. And yeah. I wore it like a badge of honor as if that was something good, but that was totally hurting me and my most intimate relationships. And we're not talking just bedroom relationships either, mm-hmm. but really important relationships that mattered to me, friendships, even. Yeah. It's really
1: fascinating that you share that because I think underneath a lot of sexual issues within. Like a committed relationship mm-hmm. are underneath it, it's they believe their pleasure or their sexuality or their orgasm, yeah, exists for someone else, yes, and I think at the core of that belief is like i I exist for someone else, or I'm obligated to meet other people's needs, or it's my job to protect. It's 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 interesting how those are very much connected and how they show up in the bedroom. Like so many women are, well, here's an example: like they're afraid of touching themselves, mm-hmm. not even just for pleasure, but like just to understand their bodies. Like right. to reach down or to even like sit in a way. I'm like sit in a way that <laughs> might cause arousal. Yes. To begin, like, because it makes blood flow down, and they can have sensations down there. They're afraid of that because they, at the core of it, is like, it's like their sexuality or those feelings and the body parts don't really exist for them. They exist for other people. So I have to save it for someone else to enjoy. Yes. So fascinating.
0: Yes, it's like I can't have those sensations without someone else experiencing it with me. Yeah. And, and there was, I love this question when we were talking about this episode that you asked me and I want to invite our reader or like our listeners. <laughs> I <Yeah>. said readers. <laughs> I want to invite our listeners to to explore this. Does your sexuality or your orgasm, does it exist for someone else do, or does it exist for you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jamie, tell me why mm-hmm. us women, why do we need these orgasms to exist for us. Tell me about your experience.
1: Well, I think a very basic place to start is when you experience any kind of pleasure, non-sexual, even sexual, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be an orgasm. I think the orgasm can be considered like the peak of the pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we experience any kind of pleasure, nobody else can, can feel that. Like you're the one that's feeling it. And so even if you think you're saving your pleasure for someone else, they're not feeling it. Like they, yes. they don't, you know, they don't feel the sensations. They don't feel it's going on in your body. They don't feel the blood flow to certain areas. they don't, they can sense that it's happening,
0: mm-hmm. but they
1: don't really get to feel it. And then on a biological level, when you do have an orgasm, you've got literal chemicals and hormones being released into your bloodstream that are stored up in your body. I call these pleasure hormones. They're just pleasure hormones and your body stores them up and can store them up to be released later when stress happens because you know we all experience stress. And those pleasure hormones are then released into the bloodstream to help you digest your stress hormones. It takes the edge off the stressful mm-hmm. feelings It helps you process their emotions. It, it helps you move through your day, you know? And so just like on a very basic biological level, like all of this is happening inside of your body. Nobody else is benefiting from that. I mean, of course right. they might, right? Because it's like, right. if you're less cranky and you're at the grocery store and someone like knocks into your grocery cart or something, you're probably not going to snap at them. If you have pleasure hormones in your system, you're going to be a little more (laughs) chill, right? You're going to be like, all right, Karen, thanks. You know, whatever. I love you, Karen.
0: (laughs) Hugs to you, Karen.
1: (laughs) By the way, I only know nice Karen. So I hate that we have that. (laughs) Anyway, but like, it's like, yes, of course they will feel the residual effects of, of you, but they don't actually feel what's going on inside of you. They're not actually getting all those positive hormones getting stored up in their system because you experienced an orgasm. Right. And so that's just like a basic, I think understanding of like what's going on biologically. And I wish someone would have explained that to me a lot earlier in my life because just understanding how our body works on a basic biological, like kind of scientific level kind of helped me have a lot more compassion and understanding for myself and un- like an understanding of how oh, just basically, hey, if I experience something good, that is for me. Yeah. It actually isn't for someone else. So just that's just the basic understanding. Right. right. Um, And I think the conversation can go even further into. The idea that like if someone needs you to orgasm so they can feel good, but they're not even experiencing the actual physical sensations of the feeling good and the emotional release Mm -hmm. from that, then that's up for argument that it's actually something they need because they're not even getting the benefit. So almost like they need you to have an orgasm so they can be validated, right? So they can feel like a man or they can feel like they, they did something, um, that provided something for you. Right. Um, and they need to feel that I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just saying it's good to take a look at like why, you know, why you might be needing your partner to orgasm or why you might be orgasming for someone else or like offering this for someone else. Like it's just, it's a good thought to to kind of start the conversation around like why we are, why we think we're giving someone something, but we might not really be giving them what we really want them to have. Like, right. are we really, is our orgasm to validate someone so they can feel like a, like a good person or someone that's like a provider or are we orgasming because it's something that feels really good and makes me feel better. Yeah, And because I feel good and because I feel better and because it's good for me, of course, this other person benefits from you feeling good, but it's not validating anything in them. You're just sharing something that is good with them as opposed to doing it so they can feel
0: something themselves.
1: It's kind of hard to explain.
0: (laughs) No, I think you did an incredible job because, because there's like, like we said at the beginning, there's, there's a spiritual factor. There's a connective factor, right? Orgasms connect mm-hmm. us back to our body. They connect us, which I think our, our sexuality as women, it's a part of the wholeness of us. It's a part of who yeah. we are. And it's the part mm-hmm. that's always seems to be put on the back burner, right? Cause it's not always yeah. about the orgasm when you start mm-hmm. to develop um, pleasure within, and you know how your body works. I love that you mentioned like the scientific aspect to it because Women's bodies are so fantastic. Yeah. At what they do. They're amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've even heard I've heard like I follow a lot of sex coaches on Instagram, but I heard this one, she says like there's seven different types of orgasms that women's bodies can have. Like in and of itself. And mm-hmm. not all of so them fun. are like super climactic or they're not super powerful. Um Tell me your thoughts yeah. about that, like the types of it and, and how this, you know, why this is important to like, learn this at a scientific level.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, an orgasm isn't just physical. There's a, there's a physical part to it, but then you, you've got like the emotional side of it. You've got the spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. You've got the relational side of it. Um, But what's really I feel like my brain's going in 10 different directions because I can talk about this all day I know. long and I do talk about it all day long.
0: <laughs> well, let's stick with the emotional, spiritual, and relational. I love that you brought up relational because we yeah. we want to experience this with someone else. There is a natural desire to that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But what we're talking right. about specifically is like our own bodies, like what belongs to us because our our bodies, our they're ours to have okay. to experience. Okay.
1: Yes. So I'm going to bring up what you were talking about earlier about feeling like, you know, even having to cover your body so you could protect someone else's thoughts. Yes. And then I'm going to share a story and then I'll bring it all together because Good. I think it's important that we see how this is entangled. So <clears throat> I heard the story recently of a therapist who was working with a guy who went over to, um, Middle East. He was working in the Middle East and he was partnered with a Palestinian woman and they were working together daily for, you know, this amount of time. I think it was like a couple months or something um, on this project. And I'm not sure if they were married or like they weren't married to each other. I'm not sure if either of them were married or not. I just know that she was working with this man and he had to go over to the Middle East to work. And he was partnered with the Palestinian woman and she was covered. Like her hair was covered. Her Mm -hmm. body was covered because that for religious purposes, she had her body covered. And he said that it was interesting because they started developing a good friendship and attraction started developing. And he, one day after work, they were in, um, A certain situation where she was able to take her, like, headdress off. And um, she knew he was watching. And she took the covering off and her hair came out, you know, and was, like, flowing out. And he was watching her and he said it was one of the most erotic experiences of his life. And I was thinking about this and I thought, she was covering her body and her hair not to protect him, but because it was personal to mm. him or to her. Not yes. to him. It was something personal to her. Then when she chose to uncover, it was uh, something special that she was sharing with him. So there's a very subtle difference between this is something that's personal to me that I'm choosing to share with you. Or, this is something that I have to protect you from, <laughs> mm, right? Yeah. Which I, I think a lot of us grew up with the, like, even like modesty teachings as something we do to protect other people. Where in this Palestinian culture, it was taught like, this is something personal to me that I will choose to share when I choose to share it. And that, her having that personal thing that became special that she shared with him. That's what was erotic. Yes. It it wasn't it wasn't the hair that was erotic because he he lives in America. He sees hair all the time and it, it's just not erotic to him. But the fact right. that she had it, you know, it was personal to her and then she chose to share it with him. So how I'm gonna tie this in to our sexuality, which I think is important, is when because you said like our sexuality is a very important part to us. It it makes us whole. It's like a foundational part of who we are. When we know ourselves sexually, when we understand the sexual part of ourselves, it becomes something personal to us. We know ourselves we're we're more intimate with ourselves because we understand ourselves. we have this part of us that we understand. Mm-hmm. then and only then can we actually share it with someone else because you can't share something that you don't know. You can't share something that you don't understand right, right And so. Then that's when this whole like orgasm thing becomes something really personal and special that exists for you that you can then share with someone else if you choose to. Right. And that's when it starts to become very powerful. And this shift that happens when you have something that is personal to you that you know and that you understand that exists because it's just a part of who you are. Right, And then you choose whether you're going to share that with someone else or not. That's when the other person can almost feel that there's a huge difference in that as opposed to like, I don't know this part of me, but like, I'm just going to let it happen so that you can feel good. Yes. There's an energy behind that. That is like, kind of like, rr, rr. Ah, like, it's just kind of like so boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so boor- we'll call it boring.
1: Yeah, it's kind of boring, but also it's like the other person can sense that too. Yeah. And so, and then there's like a different intention behind it when it's, this is a part of me that I know that I love. I absolutely adore. It's incredible. I understand how it works and I'm going to share this part of me with you. Right. That energy is like mind blowing. And that is when the person you share it with says oh, wow, that was very satisfying. That was exactly what the other person was wanting, was for you to open up and share a part of yourself that you love with them because you wanted to share it with them. So that's a little bit of like how important our intention is behind our sexuality into making and creating an orgasm that is very powerful to you but then can also kind of bless the relationship in a way. Um, but also it shows how important our emotions and our, physio- our physiology, like our, you know, how we're thinking about sex, how we're thinking about our sexuality, how we're thinking about ourselves, how we feel. Um, and the spiritual aspect comes into play to create an orgasm that is actually more powerful or not, because the most powerful Part of the orgasm is going to be the intention behind it, the understanding it, the the loving this part of yourself and the understanding. It's like a deeper intimacy with yourself that you then can share if you choose to. right? With another person. But that just shows like right there that there's like an energy behind it. Oh yeah, that, that makes it better or not better.
0: <laughs> well, I love and, that you're yeah. using, because I, that's what I think when I think of orgasms, that's what I think of like behind the spiritual aspect of an orgasm mm-hmm. and how that connects us more because we're being because impre- we are present. Um, yes. We're being intentional. We're yes. being loving. We're being aware, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so easy. Like I, I, as you were talking, I was even thinking about this whole idea that some women um, like are just they're okay with duty sex, right. Or they're okay with like, just like, let's get this done. They make an agreement with their husband where they have sex once a week and their Uh husbands are just dying for the connection because they know the intention behind that is what actually matters the most. Yeah.
1: And to give a, like a positive, like plug to men, like, I I think it's important that we recognize this. Like they are actually maybe they're not perfect at it and they don't have the words for it all the time, but what they're actually saying is like, I desire you to be more whole with yourself. Yes. And, they do. They and really re- do. They do. And I want you to know yourself. And then I want you to actually choose to share it with me. So what the man is at, he's not really saying, I want more sex. We're not having enough sex. What he's actually saying is like, I want more heart from you. I want more choice from mm-hmm. you. I want less duty. I want less just showing up and getting the thing done. I want you to actually be more whole and complete with yourself and then show up and share that with me if you choose to. Yeah. And and so I think it's it's an opportunity for a lot of women to actually deal with that part of themselves and to to get more intimacy with themselves and their partner. It's like an invitation From their partner saying, Hey, I want to know you better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in order for them to know you better, you have to know yourself better. Because that's the you have to know yourself in order to share yourself.
0: Yes. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about because uh some of the women that you coach and the women that you work with and some of the problems they have. Um, I've had the privilege of coaching in your group, which is a fantastic program that she offers. And that we yeah. can talk about later at the end of this, at the end of this call. But I think about women who have never had an orgasm, yeah, right. Who have been married for years, who desire mm-hmm. sex, but they've never had one. right, And, um, and that worries their husband. I'm so thankful that you put a plug in for the men, because I think men's true heartfelt desires is they just as us women, we want to Mm -hmm. feel connected. We want to feel whole. We want to feel, um, mattered and seen and, and sex is so like intimate on every level. And I actually want to touch on that too, two things. Okay. Women who have never had an orgasm before. Um, I just want you to give us a little quick, like quick thoughts on that. And then I want to talk about like sex is like, how I want to, you know, how does that actually help us heal? Mm, Can we good. talk about that for a sec with these yeah. orgasms? Okay.
1: Yeah. And here's where the title of this podcast episode the like you are responsible for your orgasm or you uh-huh. are in charge of your orgasm. I think that's what yeah. you said. Um, And I think that a lot of women hate to hear that, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's important to say like, they're like, oh, I hate, I hate to hear that because, and I, I mean this with like, I, I want to. I'm going to say this out loud and then I'll tell you if I, if I agree with it or
0: (laughs) (laughs) welcome to processing (laughs) with Jamie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I like it, it was occurring to me while you were talking that a woman who has never had an orgasm before has also never really taken charge of her orgasm before. And it's not her fault. She probably was told she shouldn't. She probably, even if no one said the words to her, you cannot be in charge she absorbed something that said it wasn't her job to think about that part of her to initiate that part of her to cultivate that part of her whatever it is she she absorbed that and so she's in this relationship where she just is kind of waiting for something to happen she's waiting for this like She's waiting for arousal. She's waiting for erotic feelings. She's, she's waiting. Oh and, um, so good. Yeah. And I say that coming from a place where like, Hey, I, I was that I was doing that so much in my relationship, but just waiting for it to happen. Like waiting for right. something on the outside of me to trigger or initiate or <laughs> you create some kind of feelings and then the orgasm would happen. Um, and so to that woman, I say, first of all, I see you. That's wow, definitely, <laughs> yes. definitely. We love you. Nothing yeah, and wrong it's real with you. and, yeah, it's, and real. it's real <laughs> and you're not alone. I mean, so many women, women have been married 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years and have not experienced, you know, an orgasm. That's I'm. it's normal, but it's not what we want. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Um, And, and so taking charge of your orgasm, there's actually a lot of like fear around that because one, we actually fear uh, taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, We fear actually doing the work to, to create that. We, and then there's actually just the, we don't know how Um, we've never been taught. And so that's where it's important to understand how your body works, you know, how your nervous system works, that your, the parts that all create the orgasm are actually located in your parasympathetic nervous system. And yes. a lot of us are hanging out in our sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress response. And it's actually impossible to have an orgasm from that place, you know? So there's things like that. That's important to understand. It's important to understand that your orgasm is actually um an emotional, Response. Like, for example, sometimes I can't orgasm if I'm holding on to, I'm resisting dealing with a lot of emotions that are going on inside of me. Right. Um, And I have to actually surrender to the emotions. I have to actually Mm -hmm. feel them, the uncomfortable ones.
0: Mm -hmm. I have to
1: actually admit that I'm having them. You know, I have to actually admit that I'm insecure or I feel guilty or I feel obligated or. I feel sad. I have to actually admit that and and right. and feel it and let it flow through and then have the orgasm. And I have many stories of where I've actually like been unable to orgasm. I'm even able to like almost get there, and it won't spill over or climax because I'm holding on yes. to things, you know. And so that's why it's important to understand that an orgasm is an emotional experience, and and it's not something that often another person can make you do right. (laughs) no matter where they touch you or how they could, they, they actually could be doing everything right. And, and if you aren't aware of how your body responds and how, how to let that arousal happen, you're, you're not going to have a, you're not going to climax. You're not going to have an orgasm. So that's partly, I think what you're saying is like, you are in charge of your orgasm means like, you got to understand how Your body works how your orgasm even works and how much you have to be aware and how much you can influence it and stop waiting for someone else to to do that for you so that's that is there anything you want to talk about in that section
0: I mean that's that's like a very
1: basic foundational understanding
0: well, I think that's very important because even the information that you share, that's going to help women who can orgasm relatively, like they easily, will just say that for lack of a better words, but where yeah. they can deepen their experience of it, because just, yes. like, just like us women, we're, we're built in cycles, right? We're built in seasons, yep. right? And so even with developing... Like your relationship with your sexuality and your orgasms, mm-hmm. like your ability to like withhold, hold, control, like actually be mm-hmm. in your body is yes. practice. It's not like an overnight one time thing. I mean, yes. you worked on this for years. Yes. And I still are. do. I mean, but I've you called you and said, Oh my gosh, Corey. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> i I just had the most amazing orgasm of my life and I, I didn't know it could get better or I haven't been able to climax and here's why, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm holding on to things, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I'm resisting yes. it, you know?
0: and, yes, and, and it's so, so I think it's an
1: ongoing.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I know each other so well. Like when you're in that moment of like, I can't climax, I'm like, what haven't you let go of? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh really? What are you not What seeing? are you holding on to? <laughs> yes. yes. What are you mad about? yes what are you what are you not
1: dealing with yeah exactly it's it's crazy how emotional it is and sometimes it feels unfair because a lot of times I think um there are people who can just orgasm pretty easily right and and there are people who can't and I it feels unfair I'm like sometimes I wish pleasure was just could just happen you know like yes (laughs)
0: And I want to just reemphasize what you said before we move on to like a sex as a way to heal. And I think that's kind of where we'll wrap up this segment, but essentially like when you said it's not your fault, like, um, I consider myself like a very highly like sexual creative human being, like for a woman, Mm -hmm. like I love the intimacy. I love my sexuality. I feel like it's very part of the wholeness of me. Like I said, Mm-hmm. And it actually contributes to all that I am. Like yes. my ability to orgasm contributes to all other areas of my life. Cause again, it's very yes. reflective. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, when you mention it's not your fault. Like there is that, that part of me, like the part of me that a very masculine society taught me how mm-hmm. to be a woman, right. The part yes. of me, like, that feels seen like, oh my gosh, this is actually not my fault because I was never, I never grew up being taught how to initiate this part of me because that part of me was considered good. It was like you said, it had to be something that was protected, but in the, in the true nature of like our sexuality as human beings and the wholeness to us, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful and sacred and creative and powerful part of being a female and being a woman. And yes, then you mentioned exactly. we have to cultivate and we have to explore and love. Like we cannot just allow other people to do things to us in order to X, yes. Y, and Z. And- Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I love that. I, I think I need to write that down. That's what we need to talk about next time. Initiation, cultivation, exploration, and love. Because even if like, let's just say you do have a hard time orgasming or you're still exploring and you're in a deep exploration around this part of your life, can you love this part of you? Can you love the process? Mm-hmm. Because so many times, you know, when you said it's not our fault, like we want to be mad at ourselves because our bodies can't do or can't feel or, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it takes so much compassion to love that part of us. hmm Yes. Um, I love that you say that because I think a lot of
1: people misunderstand sometimes right. that, um, that when I say get to know the sexual part of you, they leave it very physical. Like, right. they're like, oh, okay. So, like, I have to, like, get a vibrator or a dildo or my fingers or something and start exploring my vagina or something like that. Yes, yes. And sure, that can be a part of it. But getting to know the sexual part of you is a lot of, like, befriending that part of you. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's, an emotional, it's an emotional thing where you're, like, getting to know and befriending this, this part of you that you haven't actually like got to know. So yeah. just like you, you, it's kind of like, you have to personify that part of you and, and make her a friend. Yes, And, and, and love her and be compassionate towards her and let her be angry. And, and, and like, when you start to like, get to know that part of you, it's like really, truly asking her, like, how, how do you feel, you know, that I haven't, I haven't talked to you like, ever, you know, (laughs) like how does it make you feel that like people are afraid of you, you know, and, and like, I don't understand you And, and let her be angry. And I think, you know, and really responding to that part of you with a lot of compassion, like you said, is really, really important. So yes, there's a physical aspect of it, like know how your body works know how you respond to touch, know how you respond, like how to create arousal, how to even create and cultivate like erotic feelings inside of you so that you are feeling desire. But then there's another part of it too, which is that emotional befriending part Um, and and treating that part of you like a good friend that you just want to know and understand. You're not trying to change her. You're not trying Mm -hmm. to make her be someone that you think she needs to be. You're actually truly seeing her for who she is and, and what she is. And this can sound a, a little weird to some people, but it, it's really important that we understand this. Because like you said, growing up in a very masculine society makes this kind of work seem kind of weird and out there. But this is like, this is very feminine to, right? you know, to explore in this way, it's a very feminine way of exploring. And we've got to be able to bring in that feminine part of the work in order to really understand our sexuality.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I, you know, this whole, which I think leads into like this next piece about how, like how healing this can be for us as women, Mm -hmm. right. Coming back to this part of us, because we are multidimensional dimensional human beings. I will never like not remind my listeners about that because we have the parts of us, right? We have the very mm-hmm. unhealed parts of us and sexual trauma doesn't necessarily always have to be abuse. It can come from like the right. way we were taught about trauma or like, or oh, yeah. our sexuality or the way we're expected to act like within a relationship, yes. you know? So I just yeah, want to make like sure that- like someone
1: that's- else, sorry. Yes. It's like someone else saying- here's how you should be sexually here. Yes. Other people, whether that be an actual person or a culture is the authority over your sexual. Yes. That, and that's where the issue kind of resides. And then the healing part of it, like the beginning of the healing is you becoming the sexual authority in your life. And that's that's, that is like the, like the most important piece to starting to heal is you being the authority. You get to this you get to get to know this part of you. And then you get to decide how you interact with it, how you engage yes. with this part of you. And then if you want to share it, how you're going to share it.
0: You don't have to share it. You but don't if you want to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And no one tells us that either as women. No. Like, no, I, don't think I was have always to share taught, this part of us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was always taught it exists to share it with someone under these circumstances. Like, yes, like yes. here's how you will share it with who you will share it and when you will share it. And how you share it. <laughs>
0: and, and then you I do didn't this. Even have and you do that. Share. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I was like, what am I sharing? Yes. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So then I just like, here's my body. I have your way, I guess. Like I don't because I,
0: really yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't really know, yeah, cause I don't really know. yeah, yes, and I thank you so much for touching on this. And as far as like everything that we touched on today around you being in charge of your orgasms, I want to be able to end with just how people can get can get a hold of you. But first, I just want to remind you, like women, like we are in this together. Like we are mm-hmm. so here, like some this type of conversation is some of my favorite kind of conversation because it's such a taboo topic sometimes, or yeah. it's looked at like, this is a, a hard topic to talk about. And I'm like, can we normalize the beauty of it? Can we normalize the sacredness behind our sexuality as women? Can we start to mm-hmm. normalize, um, the experiences we're having, the conditioning that we're having, and that none of it's a bad thing, right? Like none of it's not yeah. neither good nor bad, right nor wrong. And to start letting go of like the judgments, right? Um, yes, that's so good. I think we judge ourselves a lot, and so then it's do. hard to
1: talk about it.
0: We you know, do. like
1: whether it's good. Like I think there's people who the orgasm comes very easy, and sex, like to them has been a very beautiful part of their life. And maybe it's hard for them to share because they feel guilty about that or, you know, they don't want to make other people feel bad. Um, And so they kind of judge themselves for it being quote easy. And then there's other women who are struggling and then thinking they're broken and something's wrong with them. And it's hard for them to share because they have this narrative, like something's wrong. I'm judging myself and, um. Yeah. So the only way to kind of overcome that challenge and and open up more conversations is to really stop judging ourselves mm-hmm. and and to yeah. be open to sharing whatever our experience is is beautiful and there's something to learn there.
0: Yeah. And I would encourage like those who who want to explore and take this deeper, like to get the help and the support you need because yeah. I mean Jamie and I laugh about you know the type of sex talks our parents gave us, right? Like we grew up in a generation where certain things were not talked about and they were hush hush and they were secret. So we've kind of been, um, as she's kind of stepped into this role as this phenomenal coach in ability, Mm. even though you're a sex coach, you really do help people like intimately, deeply, personally come home to their bodies because women like I want to remind this for you, like our wisdom exists in our bodies, our wisdom exists in our bodies. And so when you can start to own your sexuality, I mean, it was, I know, I know this in my bones and I know this logically that my body is mine, but even Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I had an encounter with a man who said some words that don't really matter at this time, but it caused... (laughs) it caused my body to shrink a little. And because I have like the tools and the skills, I just, I sat with it. Right. And I Mm -hmm. realized that in that moment of what words were said to me that like my body didn't feel like my own. And it was just like this next level. Yeah. It was just more of an invitation to like kind of next level, this experience that I've been experiencing when it comes to like my sexuality and who I am and my creativity. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, this is not to like bash men when I say this, but my my body gave me a signal like this isn't safe. Mm -hmm. And it almost felt like, so what happens with like our our bodies too, sometimes when we feel unsafe, it feels like we're almost disassociating. Right. And so So this, this very, so when I call Jamie an intimacy coach is because she brings women back home to their bodies. Mm-hmm, that's where our yes. wisdom it lies. And so really spending time with the emotional experience that I was having reminded me like at a core level that my body is for me. And I kind of felt that truth, like God moved that truth through me and it settled, right? It's settled in a different way because when you start to believe something yes. different, you will be challenged with it yes. every single time. And so, again, the intimacy yes. and the, and the, that you have with your body. Okay, Jamie, tell us how to find you. Tell us what you do. Cause I will just keep talking about you, but you're here. So let's hear.
1: No, I love, it. I love what you're saying. Cause it makes me want to end with like bringing attention to. The like celebrating the fact that you even noticed these things, like how uncomfortable it felt when somebody else was in a way attempting to be the authority over your body and you were noticing that that was happening right. because that's so, so important. Cause I know there were years where I didn't even notice that. Yes. And, and then when I started noticing it was like all of those experiences where someone else was telling me what I can and can't do, and they were making the rules over my body, all those experiences started coming to the surface and they started remembering them, and it was like making me ill. and it was making me sick. my my body was like responding to this idea that someone else is the authority over my over me. And so, um, it's good that we notice those. and it can be yeah. very uncomfortable to start it's like you can start getting angry at people in your life and it's not necessarily their fault, but it is. And sometimes it is sometimes they're just bad people, but (laughs) other times it's like, they don't realize what they're doing. They know not what they do. Right. It's like, Oh, they don't understand that. Like it's not their place to tell me what to wear or how to move or how to show up in this room or um, how where I can touch and where I can't touch, you know, they don't always, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. But once you start realizing that they're not my authority, I am my authority. And maybe you'll end up agreeing with some of the rules and ideas and, and uh, thoughts around um, sexuality that you've been taught, but it will be from a place of this is what I choose to do, because I want to, because this is good. Versus this is what someone else told me to do. And I think I'm supposed to do it. I don't know why, but this is what they said. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so know it's important. It's important. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's also important is a community where you can feel safe to discuss these things. And yeah. that's why I created my program, my online program, which is you invest in the program. You're in it for life. And then you have tons of lessons that are in there to kind of, we go over healing the sexual part of us. We go over getting to know the sexual part of us. We go over so many things like from biological and scientific stuff to over to like the emotional and the psychological and the relational stuff. Like what even is true intimacy? You know, we have lessons all about that. And I add to that continuously. The plan is for life, you know, just keep adding to it as I get it. And so you have lifetime access to that material. But then on top of that, you have calls. So we have calls where we gather together and people just ask questions and we discuss them and everyone shares their experiences. And I respond with, um, my experiences and my insight, and then other people are sharing and asking more questions. And it's a beautiful place to have a safe conversation around every topic that has to do with being embodied, with having you know, does your sexuality exist for other people or for you like masturbation to actual sex, to orgasms, all the different kinds of orgasms you can have, you know, people sharing those experiences. It's so important. And then on top of that, there's, um, a community where we gather and I share extra resources and I share like other people are sharing like podcast episodes they found or books they've read or anything at all that has been helping them. So, It's a good, like, I believe the program that I've created is just a really good, beautiful place to get to know this part of you. And like you said, to become more whole, to, to come home to yourself and you've got to integrate the sexuality into yourself, or you're always going to feel like something's missing, but you won't be able to quite put your finger on it. And I know for a long time, I tried to find all the things that like, maybe I need a new hobby. Maybe. Maybe I need to work. Maybe I need to come back home and not work. Maybe I yes, have too many yes. kids. Maybe I didn't have enough. Like, I was just, like, always trying to complete myself. And it wasn't until I just integrated the sexual part of me that I started to really feel that, like, wholeness and that completeness. And I stopped, like, grasping for more. You know, I was, oh like, my Oh gosh. I, I felt at peace Yes, with who I was. And that's what was able to make me feel at peace in my relationship. And now I can go to sleep at night at peace with the man I chose, you know, to be with because I'm at peace with my sexuality, which has like literally put him at peace with our sexual relationship. Oh my gosh. It's really beautiful. So, yeah. So if you, if you're interested in getting to know that sexual part of you, integrating the sexual part of you, my, my program is a beautiful place to go. It's called your turned on desire um, it's an online program, and I can send you all the details. So,
0: yeah, we'll just put in the show notes. Everyone, yeah. everyone listening needs to run because I really like the offer. Because it's lifetime and I love it because it's very symbolic of the work that we do in this world as women, because we are constantly Mm -hmm. shifting and we not even progressing. What's the word? It's like we're expanding. And so as you expand and as Jamie expands, we all expand as women, right? In consciousness (laughs) and whatever we want to call it. Um, so will her program and that, that in of itself is value. And I cannot Mm -hmm. thank you enough for being in my life and being in on this episode today and sharing with women particularly. But even if you're a man and you're listening to this and understanding how women work, this is going to benefit whoever hears this. Thank you again, Jamie. And to be continued, we will talk next time. Bye. So exciting.
1: Thank you so much. Bye.